This is Hey, Come On Out by Shinichi Hoshi. The typhoon had passed and the sky was a gorgeous blue. Even a certain village not far from the city had suffered damage. A little distance from the village and near the mountains, a small shrine had been swept away by a landslide. I wonder how long that shrine's been here. Well, in any case, it must have been here since an awfully long time ago. We've got to rebuild it right away. While the villagers exchanged views, several more of their number came over. It sure was wrecked. I think it used to be right here. No, looks like it was a little more over there. Just then, one of them raised his voice. Hey, what in the world is this hole? Where they had all gathered, there was a hole about a meter in diameter. They peered in, but it was so dark, nothing could be seen. However, it gave one the feeling that it was so deep, it went clear through to the center of the earth. There was even one person who said, I wonder if it's a foxhole. Hey! Come on out, shouted a young man into the hole. There was no echo from the bottom. Next, he picked up a pebble and was about to throw it in. You might bring down a curse on us. Lay off, warned an old man, but the younger one energetically threw the pebble in. As before, however, there was no answering response from the bottom. The villagers cut down some trees, tied them with rope, and made a fence which they put around the hole. Then they repaired to the village. What do you suppose we ought to do? Shouldn't we build the shrine up just as it was over the hole? A day passed with no agreement. The news traveled fast, and a car from the newspaper company rushed over. In no time, a scientist came out, and with an all-knowing expression on his face, he went over to the hole. Next, a bunch of gawking curiosity seekers showed up. One could also pick out here and there men of shifty glances who appeared to be concessionaires. Concerned that someone might fall into the hole, a policeman from the local substation kept a careful watch. One newspaper reporter tied a weight to the end of a long cord and lowered it, lowered it into the hole. A long way down it went. The cord ran out, however, and he tried to pull it out, but it would not come back up. Two or three people helped out, but when they all pulled too hard, the cord parted at the edge of the hole. Another reporter, a camera in hand, who had been watching all of this, quietly untied a stout rope that had been wound around his waist. The scientist contacted people at his laboratory and had them bring out a high-powered bullhorn, which he was going to check out the echo from the hole's bottom. He tried switching through various sounds, but there was no echo. The scientist was puzzled, but he could not very well give up with everyone watching him so intently. He put the bullhorn right up to the hole, turned it to its highest volume, and let it sound continuously for a long time. It was a noise that would have carried several dozen kilometers above ground, but the hole just calmly swallowed up the sound. In his own mind, the scientist was at a loss, but with a look of apparent composure, he cut off the sound and in a manner suggesting that the whole thing had a perfectly plausible explanation, said simply, fill it in. Safer to get rid of something one didn't understand. The onlookers, disappointed that this is all that was going to happen, prepared to disperse. Just then, one of the concessionaires, having broken through the throng and come forward, made a proposal. Let me have that hole. I'll fill it in for you. We'd be grateful to you for filling it in, replied the mayor of the village, but we can't very well give you the hole. We have to build a shrine there. If it's a shrine you want, I'll build you a fine one later. Shall I make it one with an attached meeting hall? Before the mayor could answer, the people of the village all shouted out, Really? Well, in that case, we ought to have it closer to the village. It's just an old hole. We'll give it to you. So it was settled, and the mayor, of course, had no objection. The concessionaire was true to his promise. It was small, but closer to the village he did build for them a shrine with an attached meeting hall. About the time the Autumn Festival was held at the new shrine, the whole filling company established by the concessionaire hung out its small shingle at a shack near the hole. 
how the concessionaire had his cohorts mount a loud campaign in the city. We've got a fabulously deep hole. Scientists say it's at least 5,000 meters deep, perfect for the disposal of such things such as waste from nuclear reactors. Government authorities granted permission. Nuclear power plants fought for contracts. The people of the village were a bit worried about this, but they consented when it was explained that there would be absolutely no above-ground contamination for several thousand years and that they would share in the profits. Into the bargain, very shortly, a magnificent road was built from the city to the village. Trucks rolled in over the road, transporting lead boxes. Above the hole, the lids were opened, and the waste from nuclear reactors tumbled away into the hole. From the foreign ministry and the defense agency, boxes of unnecessary classified documents were brought for disposal. Officials who came to supervise the disposal held discussions on golf. The lesser functionaries, they threw in the papers, chatted about pinball. The hole showed no signs of filling up. It was awfully deep, thought some, or else it might be very spacious at the bottom. Little by little, the hole filling company expanded its business. Bodies of animals used in contagious diseases, ex disease experiments at the universities were brought out, and to these were added the unclaimed corpses of vagrants, better than dumping all of its garbage in the ocean, went the thinking in the city, and plans were made for long pipe to carry to the hole. The hole gave peace of mind to the dwellers of the city. They concentrated solely on producing one thing after another. Everyone disliked thinking about the eventual consequences. People wanted only to work for the production companies and sales corporations. They had no interest in becoming junk dealers. But it was thought these problems, too, would gradually be resolved by the whole. Young girls whose betrothals had been arranged and discarded old diaries in the hole. There were also those who were inaugurating new love affairs and threw into the hole old photographs of, themsel of themselves taken with former sweethearts, the police felt comforted as they used the hole to get rid of accumulations of expertly done counterfeit bills. Criminals breathed easier after throwing material evidence into the hole. Whatever one wished to discard, the hole accepted it all. The hole cleansed the city of its filth. The sea and sky seemed to have become a bit clearer than before. Aiming at the heavens, new buildings went on being constructed one after the other. One day, atop the high steel frame of a new building under construction, a workman was taking a break. Above his head, he heard a voice shout, Hey, come on out. But in the sky to which he lifted his gaze, there was nothing at all. A clear blue sky merely spread over all. He thought it must be his imagination. Then, as he resumed his former position, from the direction where the voice had come, a small pebble skimmed by him and fell on past. The man, however, was gazing in idle reverie at the city's skyline growing ever more beautiful, and he failed to notice.